Hello from ABA Tech Show 2017 in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Lawrence Coletti. And I'm Andrew Ruda. I'm Shamla Naidu. And I'm Ed Walters. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. So welcome back, everybody. I'm uh, sitting. I've got a panel of guests here. It is, uh, I think this is our second interview of the day, or might be. So I've got uh, three guests. I have Andrew Aruda. I have Shamla, who I've just met. Help me with your last name, and I apologize. I do. Thank you. And we have, of course, Ed Walters. He's a big fan of, uh, of BattleBots. True. <laughs> and of Legal Talk Network. So you guys just got done uh, uh, presenting at a session called The Startups Are Building Robot Lawyers. And so uh, before we get into that, I want to just, you know, for the benefit of our listeners, learn a little bit more about you. Where do you work? What do you do? And I know we've had Andrew on before, but uh, Andrew, let's start with you. Absolutely. So Andrew Ruda, I'm the CEO and co-founder over at Ross Intelligence. And Shamla. And, and I'm Shamla Naidu. I'm the Global Chief Information Security Officer for IBM. Excellent. Ed? Uh, I'm Ed Walters. I'm the CEO of FastCase, and I teach the law of robots at Georgetown University Law Center. Excellent. Excellent. So the startups are building robot lawyers. Who wants to volunteer to give me the 50,000 foot on that? I'll take that one. Uh, we were unanimous on our panel that the startups are not building robot lawyers, which is awesome because the title was that they are. But our panel kind of said, uh, no, they're not really. You know, there's no such thing as a robot lawyer. And there's all kinds of cool pioneering software that lawyers are building. Let's not call it robots and trivialize it. Let's call it what it is. Cool expert systems, cool natural language processing systems, cool uh, you know, AI-enabled software. And if we call it those names, we, we, you know, we don't run as much of a risk of overblowing it into something that it's not. Okay, well, I feel that that was false billing, but it was a really good answer, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, you know, I, I, when I think of uh, Robot Lawyer, I'm thinking like Danger, Will Robinson. So I, I know that we talked about this in the pregame. So what, what do people think? What is a Robot Lawyer? Yeah, well, Robot Lawyer is typically a term. Uh, and it used, doesn't exist, apparently. Yeah, well, it doesn't yeah. exist. It's, I was going to make a joke and say it's typically a term used by the media. <laughs> and, um, I mean, a Robot Lawyer itself doesn't exist. But what does exist, as Ed was just touching on, is um, AI-enabled software that can do a whole bunch of tasks in law, which allows us to really focus on more higher end human activities like advocating, um, advising our clients, et cetera. And so, you know, I think we were really unanimous on it when we start having conversations and using robot imagery and kind of, you almost trivialize what's actually happening under the hood. And also it sets up unrealistic expectations, both of the software, but also sometimes I've gone into law firms and they've literally looked behind me and asked, where's the robot? Um, and I've, I feel like I have to start carrying one around or something. So that's another plus if we stop using the term. I won't, I'll stop letting those folks down. So we think about it in terms of cognitive systems are systems that perceive and learn. Ultimately, it's an ecosystem of man and machine working together to augment human intelligence. And our robots are not replacing people. Well, that was going to be my next question. So I know there's a lot of people out there that are worried about losing their jobs. And as people come up with these incredibly amazing computer programs that are solving a lot of repetitive tasks and problems. And so, Shemla, you're saying that AI is not going to take lawyer jobs. Why? Because cognitive systems are going to enable people. It's going to extend human capability and human potential. It's not going to replace them. Because realistically, computer systems of any sort cannot attain consciousness. It doesn't have intuition, it doesn't have emotion, and therefore, you're always going to have the human in control. 
and it hasn't happened. If you look at the Industrial Revolution, people thought that machines were going to take all the human jobs. Didn't happen. Even in law, if you look at e-discovery software, which replaces the army of lawyers that would read boxes and boxes of documents, now we do it electronically, it works better, our recall is better, and there's as many or more jobs. And those jobs are more fulfilling for lawyers and paralegals. And then top on that, I think you'll also see a rise of additional jobs because you'll see more market penetration. These AI-enabled tools will allow a, a more efficient service so that lawyers can actually address the vast majority of people who need a lawyer who can't afford one. There's more people who need a lawyer that can't afford one than people who need a lawyer and can. And I think that that's a huge opportunity, both from a business perspective, but also as a moral imperative as a profession. So I think we can see something be truly a win-win here. Excellent, excellent. So I, I got a couple of questions left for you. Know, I know we got to get on to the, uh, the other events going on today, but uh, one of my questions was, you know, this is one of the things we're trying to do with these interviews is provide instantaneous value to our listeners. And so you all had an opportunity to collaborate. We talked about artificial intelligence and you're saying the extension of abilities here. So that sounds like a tool to me. That sounds like a tool. And I know you did say a uh, tool. So since you guys work together, since you presented together, what is one thing that you pulled out a takeaway that would be immediately valuable to our listeners today? Want to start with Ed? I'll start. Um, we all talked about expert systems, and I think Neota Logic builds some fantastic tools here that allow lawyers to bake their expertise into questionnaires, wizards, software to help many, many more people and to get rid of some of the dull, uh, you know, dangerous work that they're doing right now. It's, it really is great. You see some of these systems already, like Littler Mendelssohn put some of Neotologic's tech into uh, a system called HR Compliance that helps employers know whether their employees should be hourly or exempt. It's a big question for employers, and they weren't bringing those questions to law firms. They were just winging it. So it's, it's a great example of using expert systems, maybe not robot lawyers, but with Neotologic and law firms, to help provide better, inexpensive answers to more people. HR compliance is free. Shemla. So I would say we need to build skills and we need to build knowledge in this area. And you know, there are two techniques we could use. We could go learn from other industries and apply in, in the field of law. We can also start playing with the technology wherever it's available, where it's free, and practice and see how it works. I think we ought to be more experimental. Okay. Andrew. And I think one thing that I'd like to touch on that we talked about that I thought was great was that you need cross-collaboration between different industries. And so in the room, there was only two engineers when we did our, our panel. Um, but I think for us to truly have good legal technology, whether it's AI-enabled, whether it's not, um, we need that collaboration between engineers, lawyers, and designers, and a whole bunch of people. And together, we can accomplish a lot more. It sounds cheesy, but there's a reason why that, that those phrases become uh, cliched. You do need cross-collaboration. And as an industry, we need to kind of wake up and say, hey, maybe you know, together we can do a lot more. Well, great. Well, I definitely feel better that uh, artificial intelligence and robots are not going to be taking my job. <laughs> <laughs> so I just have one last question for you guys, uh, our listeners out there. If they want to follow up with you, maybe they have some questions, how can they find you? Andrew. Well, for me, your best bet is on Twitter. I'm at Andrew Arruda. My last name is A-R-R-U-D-A. That's two R's. And you can also um, get in touch with uh, my team via our website, rossintelligence.com. Shamla. So I can be found at shamla at us.ibm.com. Excellent. Ed. You can get me at EJ Walters on Twitter uh, or on the web at fastcase.com. Well, 
Looks like we've reached the end of the road for today's episode, but I want to thank our guests for joining us and our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please find us, subscribe, and rate us in iTunes. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. Wow. All right. Um, you guys want to drop the mic? Is that, yeah, that, is that good? Uh, Andrew actually dropped the mic. That, well, that was fun. Okay. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Uh